Hi, I'm Terry Eagle, and I'm originally from Las Vegas, Nevada, and I was transplanted up here because I received a promotion from my granddaughter and her family from grandma to great-grandma. Las Vegas had been my home for over 55 years at the time, and I was pretty ingrained in my church there. That's where I gave my heart to Jesus, and my granddaughter and her husband wound up being stationed out here at JBLM. But when they told me I was going to be a great-grandma, that was really difficult to resist, but it was very hard leaving my church in Vegas. So I promised God that I would grow wherever He planted me, and I found a nice church in Graham, and then um, my granddaughter and her husband decided to move again. So. I decided to move again and came over here to Lacey. So the first available Sunday after I finally got moved over here and settled, I came to True Grace. And I have to say, it is one of the most genuinely friendly, welcoming <laughs> church I have ever experienced, sincerely. And it is truly the body of Christ and it is truly a family. From the greeters at the front door, to the coffee, to whatever you need. And the core is prayer and community. And we were created to live in community. We're in God's family. I feel that my biggest lesson is to let go, let God. I feel my controlled routine is being disrupted and that He has me on the move in some way. He has put something on my heart, haven't figured it out yet. Seriously, for the first time, I feel like I'm in a family. I really do feel that I am in God's house and in a family. It's just amazing. so beautiful. I, I think we can get so scared. Oh, it's, hi. It's good to see you. She's here. We can get so scared when there's new things that God introduces into her life, and, and, and God has all kinds of good things. So thank you for sharing that story. So, so good to hear. My name is Matt, and this is my wife, Erica. Um, we are so honored to, to be here. We're so thankful that Pastor Peter would trust us with, with the service. And we love your, your team here, the tech team and the, the worship leaders. We've, we travel all around the country uh, for the last three years with our five kids worshiping God and, and, and helping the churches. Your church here is amazing. The, the amount of talent you have here is rare. Even in bigger churches, God has richly blessed you, and I hope that um, I hope you recognize it. And I think they could even use more help, so you could be a part of that stellar team. My family—they have a picture of it. If you, uh, Peter, wanted us to update you, this, we have five kids. Like I said, we sold our house here in Western Washington three years ago, and, uh, and we've been traveling. But this January, we just kind of fell into like. A weird season. We we're like, God, what, what do you want us to be doing? Because we didn't have a lot scheduled. We had a lot of trouble um, with our RV that's, that's parked out there. There's transmission issues and air conditioning issues. Speaking of trouble, I think this guitar died, like officially for real. So <laughs> no, can sir. I use the other one? Is it still there? My thing is flashing like low battery. So um, is it fine if I use that one? Is that cool, Mark? I'm not in focus. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and switch it. So, 
so that's what this year started out as. It's just like, we're all tired. The kids are getting older, so the space is getting smaller. And, and we were praying, God, it feels like you're not hearing us. <laughs> it feels like we're out here and we don't know what to do. So I started just applying for jobs, praying that God would, would lead in, in, in some way. And, and in the middle of that, we knew that this was, this was a test. God had it. We just didn't know the outcome yet. And so, so, so we prayed and we sang. And we wrote and we sang. And immediately God answered our prayers. And everything was better. No. Good night. No. That's actually not how it went. I spent many nights curled up in bed crying and saying, God, where are you? Why aren't you answering our prayers? Kind of like a whiny. My husband's like, just have faith. I'm like, it's easier to just, it's easy to say that, right? But to live in it. Um, and this song, when we were in that season, meant so much to me. And I would just sit and cry. So if you're in a season where you just need to sit for a minute and rest, I hope this song blesses you. Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, thy best, thy heavenly friend. Through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. Be still, my soul, thy God doth undertake To guide the future as he has the past Thy hope, thy confidence, let nothing shake All now mysterious shall be bright at last be still, my soul, the waves and winds still know His voice who ruled them while He dwelt alone. In You I rest, in You I found my hope, in You I trust, You'll never Sing this with me. 
with five kids you have to go south for the winter or else you freeze to death in Washington and we have to come up here north for the summertime um, or else we scorch to death down there anybody ever lived in an RV or like done the van life thing we're yeah we're pretty crazy it's kind of a rare thing um, so there we were Florida and feeling like okay we're probably maybe it's time to be done like RVs breaking down and we're like praying for where to go and Matt's applying for jobs, and I randomly called, not so random, I felt like God had called us to call this one church down there. We didn't know anybody in the Florida Keys, and as soon as I talked to the pastor, he starts crying on the other end, and he's like, I knew you were going to call me. (laughs) He's never met us before, and I was like, wait. He's like, God told me that he was going to answer my prayer. I've been praying for help with our music, and he said, how soon can you get here, and how long can you stay? (laughs) And we were like, I was crying because we felt like, okay, God, maybe this is the end of the season and we're just supposed to hang it up. And um, <clears throat> he's like, nope, I have, I have plans for you. And so, you want to tell that story? We went down there. And- yeah, so we went down and, and for those five Sundays that we were able to be there, we got that, this confirmation just, just in our spirits. It's like sometimes you do things and you're like, I don't know if this is meaning anything. <laughs> And, and God blessed us with that, that confirmation. And, and we were able to raise up people who had always wanted to be a part of a worship team, but previously the pa- former pastor hadn't allowed them oh, yeah, I forgot to be to a say, part of that. He was a brand new pastor. He'd only been a pastor for five weeks. <laughs> so, so we were able to then come in and help establish him and establish a new worship team that they're, they're still working on. And we still talk to him every, every week. Every week we call him. <laughs> and and they've been such a, such a blessing. And, and we were able to go back then a couple months later for a, a big women's conference they had and that's really the essence of uh, what we've been hoping to do we want to go around encourage the church build up the church and in those who are leading the church that's right and so during that same time when we were down there um well actually i think this is kind of cool because when we were having all those like hard times and things are breaking down we were still um we had felt like we were supposed to put out some worship songs on um like Instagram and stuff this year. And so we started doing that. And we went from 122 followers to like 12,000 in a matter of a couple weeks. And so when we were down there, we started getting phone calls from random churches. People are like, I never find people online, but like, you guys seem cool. Can you come to our church? And so that was really just like, it really built our faith that like, God has got this. And here I want, to, I want to tell you guys this really quick because last fall I was praying that God would build my faith because I'm seeing the world, right? Like how crazy and almost like anti-Christian our culture is becoming and praying for a faith to stand strong under persecution. But if you pray for God to build your faith, he's going to test it. And we went through the hardest test we have ever been through. But I come out stronger, right? We come out stronger. And I just love this. 
This is from John 14. If you guys have your Bible, you can pull it out real quick. It's John 14, verse 1 through 6. And Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And this part gets me. He's like, this is Jesus. He says, and you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas is like, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? You guys ever feel like that? Jesus is like, you totally know how to do this. And, and then we're like, wait a sec, Lord, I'm not really sure. And Jesus is like, dude, I'm the way. I'm the truth and the life. And if we can really get that into our hearts and our spirits, I think it would change the way we live because we're not striving anymore because this world is in our home and our hope isn't in the things we can accomplish, right? So we wanted to share this kind of fun song with you guys. It's called The Way. And we're going to invite our friends who just learned it this morning (laughs) to play with us. Every path I've tried Going down alone Was a one-way lane Down a dead-end road But you set my feet upon a cornerstone And I know just where I'm supposed to go So within a very short period of time, we went from not knowing at all what we were doing this year to having pretty much the whole year just booked out in places, some of them we'd never been to before with people we'd never met, and and I feel so humbled, but to be able to speak it, it to people, we've been able to meet with pastors and to encourage them when they felt discouraged, and and... I just, I can't, (laughs) I wish I could just sit down and tell you all the stories 
of God's faithfulness around the country and all he's doing. One of the doors that opened up was somebody, a friend in um, California said, hey, we have a house that's empty and you can stay there as long as you need to. And so this fall, we're going to be going there to record some, some new music so, and some, of, some old music, some of our favorite hymns and, and choruses. And um, we're really looking forward to sharing that with, with you all and with the church and, and working out some of these, these songs. It, we'd love it, of course, if you could partner with us and, and support us in that. And if you're interested, please uh, please talk to us. You can visit us on our website and follow what we're doing at CorbinFamily.com. Yeah. Um, last time we were here, we shared a scripture song with you guys, and we want to share another one because we just love... Um, well, we feel strongly about memorizing scripture and really getting it into our minds and our hearts. And I think music is one of the easiest ways to do that. So this is Psalm 143. It's called Let the Morning Bring. Let the morning bring word of your unfailing love. For I put my trust in you. Show me the share a little sermon with you guys and something that's really been on our hearts.
in the middle of wondering like what what's next in the middle of calling out to God and saying God help <laughs> and then feeling like for a long time like nothing no answers and then honestly like kind of feeling guilty about it like maybe I'm not doing something right God led us to the psalm Psalm 77, Asaph writes, I cry out to God, yes, I shout. Have you ever shouted to God? Oh, that God would listen to me, that he would hear me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven. And he answered and everything was made right. I felt better. No. My soul was not comforted. Like, that doesn't even feel Christian. Like, you shouldn't be able to say that. But here it is. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. In verse 7, he says, has the Lord rejected me forever? Have you ever been in a place where you just don't hear from God? You don't feel emotionally anything? You don't know which direction to go? You don't feel maybe like, like God has given you gifts, right? And you see other people who, who seem to hear from God. And here's Asaph. In verse 10, he said, This is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. I want you to just let, like, soak in that for a second. Have you ever felt that? You felt like God has abandoned you. You're not alone. Or some of God's greatest people have felt like that. Of course, the answer is, has he? Has God abandoned Asaph or you or me? The psalm, I love the psalm because it ends not with God answering his prayer in a way that you would think, right? Not like, hey, all my relationships are healed. All my enemies are, <laughs> you know, conquered. My bank account is loaded. My table is full of food. That's not that. What he, what he does say is, God, I remember all the things you have done for your people. And that's enough. So many of the times I think that we come to Christ and, and we we. Think about God in terms of the benefits of knowing God, right? And they're good things to, to like, and they're good things to want. You know, things like forgiveness of sins, deliverance from things, provision for things, comfort even. But all of those are, are, are simply benefits of the real thing, which is the presence of God. presence of God is what we want. And that has been, that's been our cry. That's been our heart. Now, th this year, in the middle of not necessarily hearing from God, is, is just resting and waiting. And, and there's somebody else um, in Scripture. Actually, most of what the rest of 77 is about is about Exodus chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, or if you want to read this later, you can go over to Exodus 14. And in Exodus 14, it tells the story of the Israelites being pulled out of slavery, out of Egypt. 
And who did God use? But God used Moses. We're going to throw up a map here of the region just because I want you to get an idea of what it was like, that these were real people in a real place with real like struggles. Here's Egypt, the Red Sea, the Mediterranean, and of course, the Promised Land. This is what we call today the Sinai Peninsula, but uh, I can't go into it now, but the real Sinai is actually over here, and there's a lot of great research that if you're curious about that, we could dive deep in it. It's really fun. But, but here was Israel, and God had led Moses to, to deliver them. And I want to tell you about, about Moses. You know, Moses, if you know the story at all, he grew up in the palace, right, with luxury and everything, and then he kind of made a mistake. He killed a man, and he was like, that's it. God's not going to use me for his people. And he fled. He actually fled way down here to what was called in the Bible the land of Midian. This is Saudi Arabia. And he lived there for 40 years. He's 40 when he made a mistake. Lived down there for 40 years. Filled up his 401k, his Roth. He was stacked. He was retiring. <laughs> he was, he was, had a field full of sheep. And then God met him in the burning bush and said, no, at 80 years old, I still need you. I still have a use for you. Despite your mistakes, despite your running away from the responsibility and all of God's people, I'm calling you back. Isn't God merciful and kind? And I want you to know that, that all that happened then after Moses said, okay, I'm coming back, it wasn't luxury. It wasn't him in palaces. It wasn't easy. He had to deal with a bunch of people like you, just whining and complaining and fighting, <laughs> right? And the name Israel actually, it, it means people who contend and fight with God. <laughs> so Moses came out of Midian back to Israel, back to Egypt rather, and, and God said, Go, take the people. Pharaoh said, go, take your people. Get out of here. And what's really funny is in, in 14, they're on their way out, and they could have taken this route, this trade route, up into the promised land. But, but about the time they're here, God said, no, I want you to turn south, down about this road here. And do you know why he said that? In chapter 14, verse 3, Pharaoh's going to think, oh, the Israelites are confused. Isn't that great? God wants the enemy to think that his people are silly, stupid. <laughs> I was like, oh, hang on, that's not the deliverance I was hoping for. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be easy. I wanted the, the paved road. And God says, no, I, my glory has another plan. So they were sent south down this road, and there's a wadi there, which is like a steep canyon. We have a picture of it. Imagine some two million people. You're there with your family, your kids, your, your goats, your sheep, whatever you could bring with you out of Egypt. You're walking through this in late springtime, hot during the day. Just It's a desert, cold at night. Kids are crying, you're hungry, you're wondering what's going on, and now you're getting rumors that God's telling the leader, hey, you guys are going to kind of be in trouble, it's going to look like trouble, and we want everybody to think that you're a little stupid. It's like, I, I, I'm not sure I like this. And then they start hearing 600 chariots rumbling and echoing off of the canyon as they head to wherever this leads. 
you throw that map back up? I want to show you where this leads. It, it actually leads right down here. There's a beach right there. It's called Nueva Beach. I don't think the Palapas were there then. <laughs> it looks nice, right? They're here, and they're totally stuck. There's mountains to the south, mountains to the north, and Pharaoh up the only way out. Have you ever felt completely stuck? Oh, God, why have you left, led me to this place? Here they were, and they're feeling that. They're angry, they're tired, they're scared. They're complaining, right? And Moses says in verse 14 of chapter 14, what's your problem? Don't be afraid. The Lord's going to fight for you. Just stay calm. Just sit on the beach. Just relax. God's got this. And they're like, no, I don't think you understand. And I don't know if you've ever read this this closely or, or gotten this, but if you, if you look at verse 19, it says, the angel of God who had been leading the camp of Israel moved to the rear of the camp, and the cloud settled between the Israelite and the Egyptian camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night, but the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. They were on the same beach. You could wave to each other. Oh, hey, there's the, there's the Egyptian soldier who's about to kill me and my family. Except for the pillar of God. The God protected them. But the present danger was right there. Where do you go? Do you have that picture of the, the water? I want to show, this is the real place. It's eight miles to the other side. There's some really interesting facts I'd love to share with you. Um, th this part of the Red Sea is really deep, like 5,000 feet deep, except for one channel right here at Nueva Beach. It, it goes at the deepest down to about eight or 900 feet with gentle sloping sides. And if you go back to, um, if you go back to Psalm 77, Asaph says, there was a road that no one knew under the sea. It's right there. And then the pillar picture. Uh, there's a guy who's done a lot of research on this that I encourage you to go look up. His name is Ron Wyatt. He did a lot of biblical archaeology. He found a pillar here at Nueva Beach and one on the other side in Saudi Arabia. And the uh, inscriptions that were still left indicate that Solomon himself had erected these. And we think Solomon was a pretty smart guy. He probably knew what he was talking about. Real place, real people, real struggles. God wants us to know that we should trust him and that all that he's called us to won't necessarily be easy or comfortable. But he needs you to be a part of his plan to bring him glory to himself and glory to God in the nations in whatever way you can. We've written a... Um, a song that's a little bit about this. We'd like to, to play it for you now as we, as we wrap it up. But our prayer for you and our prayer for me is that we would humbly recognize God working in the things that we can't understand, in the difficulties of your life. When it feels like you don't hear God, continue to press in and claim the, the, the promises of God and, and acknowledge and tell yourself and tell those who are struggling the good things that God has done. 
in your life, in scripture, in the lives of others. It's so important. Say it. Proclaim it. Recognize God is powerful. And and most of all, that he might be calling you to suffer as Christ has suffered. That Jesus, who, who is comfortable sitting on the throne in heaven, forsook all of that in his retirement, all of, all of the goodness that he had, and he came down to be made nothing, to be like you and me, to bear our sins so that we could be in the presence of God, so that we could have all the benefits, but most of all, that we would have the friendship of God. We're going to sing a song in response. If you were here on Friday or at the worship night, then we introduce this to you and you can feel free to sing along. Otherwise, just pray and and read the words. Life is kind of like how we, you know how when you watch a movie trailer, um, sometimes movies give it away too much and you're like, man, now I don't have to watch the movie. I just watch the whole thing, right? Do you ever feel like, God, I just wish I had like a little trailer of like what's coming up so that I could just like chill on that beach? Because if they knew, then they'd be like, dude, God's got this. But see, they had just come out of Egypt where he had done all those miracles and they're like, we would have been better off to die as slaves. How quickly we forget. But if we could remember, if we could live in those seasons of waiting without anxiety, but with full trust and confidence in our God because he really is good and faithful even when we don't see it. When I'm standing on the edge of a raging sea And all that lies ahead is a mystery No one close behind is an enemy But I know who holds the victory I was a slave but Jesus set me free Almighty God you forgive and you redeem You make a I will ever need set me free Almighty God you forgive and you redeem you make a way when you move at me your presence is all I ever need your presence is all 
to us that we are weak that you are strong and how we long to be with you how we long to walk with you to see you day by day I pray for these people that you would walk with us this week that you would give us the strength to see your hand to trust you when, when, when it's difficult have mercy on us oh God and cover us by the blood of Jesus for your glory in all things and for our joy 